Okay, so the context for today's episode is that everything is terrible. Uh, and James, I think, just summed up the situation very, very well. <laughs> yeah, well, Trump's at one of his racist rallies right now before the Democratic debate where Bernie and Elizabeth Warren hug each other to death. Um, and, like, the racism is just, like, so overt now. It's not even, like, dog whistle racism. They got rid of the dog whistle and just brought in a Vuvuzela. It's just 100% Vuvuzela racism at this point. <laughs> yeah. So that's the, the crowd c- roared when they said Barack Hussein Obama. Yeah. Can't can't let that go. No. Nope. He's a, he's a Kenyan. <laughs> that's kind of like where America's at right now. And so mm-hmm. it was kind of funny, you know, okay. So I talked about, I mentioned this before that we, when we played the suffering, uh, James mm. kind of wanted to talk more about diversity or like the lack thereof <laughs> in video games. Yeah. And well, it's kind of a running gag on our show. Like, yeah, you know, a lot of times we'll start the episode by describing the protagonist as a generic white male. Yeah. Or and like a Silent Hill male. It's not even like funny. It's just like part of the gaming landscape. Right. And I don't see the fucking point. <laughs> well, besides like, I guess generic white males make video games. Maybe. I well, don't know. Yeah. Okay. So I don't have the data on that. The reason that this came back in my mind was that we just played Devotion. And Devotion mm. is cool because it's made by like not white, not American people. It's a Taiwanese game, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it draws from the experience and the culture, you know, of Taiwan and being Taiwanese. Uh, I said Mm -hmm. that backwards in reverse order of what I just said. Uh, So it draws (laughs) on that and it's cool because it takes that experience and then extrapolates it out to a relatable horror experience yeah well the story is kind of universal right Mm -hmm. like it doesn't matter that it's from taiwan like you know like somebody from texas could like get down with it you know right it's 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 you know solely and signaturely taiwanese right but it also you know the reason that we don't have more experiences like that is twofold number one i mean there's obviously a parable here with devotion which is mm. that they wanted to make an authentic piece of art that spoke to their experience and it cost them everything. <laughs> God damn. Like, yeah. and, and once again, this is something that we've mentioned a couple times about it. I'm actually really mad about the narrative that people are trying to spin that like, well, it's not even political and they're, they just got taken down for this gag, you know? And mm. that's both true and super untrue. Cause it's like a very, political game and i also think that even just making something that's from the perspective of someone from taiwan so someone who is kind of like ethnically chinese but not from china 
uh, mm. is like a pretty risky move right now because there's a lot of mixed feelings about China and some of them are based in political assumptions. Some of them are based in racism. Like it's kind of risky, you know? And yeah, well. I think then to see that they were just totally like slapped down, it's just another example of why we don't have more stuff like this. And True. you know, the other big reason, of course, is that, yeah, tech in general, but, it, you know, including games is really dominated by just like vanilla white dudes. Right. You know, technology is, you know, the, the more it becomes cheap and available to everyone, I think we will start seeing a lot of uh, international game development. I mean, it's very popular in Eastern Europe right now. So like, I, I'm looking forward to even places like, you know, India developing games and uh, developing countries still. So maybe even Africa. I mean, that would be amazing, right? Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, that's exactly what it is, that once the infrastructure in whatever industry exists, then the product exists. Once the product exists, it'll reach a point where it gets exported to the rest of the world. Because also, like, once again, I mean, the reason that we don't see even more Chinese games, for example, or more like Indian games, for example, uh, mm -hmm. is that they both have really intense domestic markets. Like, there's a lot of people and there's also a lot of lifestyle stuff that's very different from Western countries. So... Mm -hmm developers there and artists there can make stuff just for their domestic market and not even fucking bother with us uh so that's you know that's one aspect of it i think about that a lot with japan right like japan is a small country but they have a really intense domestic market like mm. to the point where they still base sales figures on kind of stuff that seems archaic to us like physical sales right but it's just so happened as a quirk of history that they ended up exporting it to the rest of the world. There's a really good video I watched recently on YouTube that was all about how they Nintendo entered the European market and it was like almost by accident. Hmm. <laughs> and like it took one dude who would just like import their shit and start showing people before, you know, and also he was kind of like taking out orders that were way too big, doing all this crazy shit to convince them to like expand into Europe. Nice. So it's like there's a lot of places where it's like they can just make stuff for their own domestic market and they don't have to really like bother with America. Wow. So, I mean, that's that's like kind of <laughs> another thing to think about. But in America, at least, I think it's funny. The suffering <laughs> is sort of emblematic of the problem of representation <laughs> in games and why we don't see more diversity in games, which is mm. namely that if the industry is mostly or like let's say the mainstream industry we're seeing is dominated by like white males those would be the people who are like writing these minority characters right and it's super not good <laughs> right i like, mean what even is that man i mean the suffering wasn't like super racist but it had like a couple like deeply questionable parts <laughs> um, especially like one character that like calls your protagonist a negro um, <laughs> and he's not a bad guy <laughs> and he's not a bad guy he's just like a quaint old racist man but it's also like just the basic idea that your character is yeah. a black man 
Yeah. Number one, underrepresented, underrepresented uh, demographic in video game protagonists. Okay. And so one of the mm-hmm. few games that we have a black male protagonist, he's in jail. All right. Yeah. Number one, optics on that. Not good. Number two, the fact that they deliberately made him not look black. Like hmm. he's well, ambiguous looking, I guess. He kind of looks like a Moroccan guy who was in a ska band in 1999, but that's about as close as I can get to him being <laughs> like the, what the whole story seems to suggest he is. And so at that point, then the writing becomes really questionable. They said too in an interview that they changed his features to make him look... Well, they, they said something real bad. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like they wanted him to look less like a normal person. So he just looks right. really fucking weird. Like, and, and it's just it's just a really weird choice combined with all the like racial subtext that's like in the game. Right. right. Yeah. And so I don't know. It's that's always been my problem with like representation in any media where it's like if a white person is going to write it. I'm mm. not really interested. Well, also Torque was such a one-dimensional character. Right. Uh, th- there have been other like black protagonists in games that are more three-dimensional, like I would say like Franklin from Grand Theft Auto 5 and CJ from San Andreas. But still, they're like crime-based games. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what I mean. And see, here's the big thing too. And this is like a a writer's room problem. And it was really big in TV a few years ago. It's a huge issue and there were tons of think pieces about it and blah, blah, blah. But it's like when a white person goes to write a minority character, there's two big pitfalls. And I'm not saying that it can't happen or it can't be done well. Like, of course it can. You just have to be tasteful and careful and... Right. And so the two big pitfalls are number one, that you write a stereotype because you're trying to signpost that this character is the thing that they are. Mm. It's, it's stupidity. It's absolutely idiotic, right? It's like, I don't need you to throw in stereotypes to let me know that the character is whatever race or whatever gender or whatever, right? Like I don't fucking need that. It's unnecessary. But the other pitfall which I think is a lot more nuanced, and it's the one that I pick up on a lot more, is that they start to incorporate parts of this person's experience as a member of that minority group into the character. And they start to say, oh, like this character's minority status is capital I in air quotes, important. Mm, And that's, I don't know, that's when stuff starts to get really hairy for me because it's like, wait how do you know that <laughs> like like the character becomes a symbol of their racial background or something right exactly and then they start like trying to make commentary on it and it's once again I, for me it's like whoa 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 cracker hold up <laughs> like <laughs> that's like don't go doing that you know uh, well it's I mean, a slippery slope right well i guess like, the thing- is it your story to tell that's what I'm saying. It's like, why don't you just have a character who belongs to this minority group whose status as a part of that isn't capital I important? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, that's like what bothers me because then once again, it starts to make every inclusion of that type of character a token. Like, right. And that's why I didn't like Torque. I felt like Torque was a token 
I felt like there wasn't anything deep or meaningful about him being black, but they also couldn't let him just be black. Like they had to have like slavery imagery and they had to have people like refer to his past and refer to his race like over and over Mm -hmm. and over. And it got to the point where I was just like, what even is this? Like, what is the point of this? Why did you, why did you do this? (laughs) Who did this? Why? Yeah. Like, it doesn't add anything to the game. Like, it's not like some deep meaning shit. It's just like, I don't know. Well, yeah. And so that's to contrast with devotion. The reason I like devotion is that it's made about people of a certain ethnic background by those people. And so it incorporates things that are just important to them as Mm. people. Like it, it just is a human story and that's why it works so well. You know, and it's like, okay, another good example too. like, well, like you were alluding to earlier, it's like as game development opens up to a wider audience, it requires less resources, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're seeing this like boom of indie games and the indie game scene is a lot more diverse in terms of like auteur sort of creators, right? Like than the mainstream like game dev scene. And so, for example, in the indie world, there's tons of games that tell stories of different kinds of people but specifically for this example just think about like like queer stories right Mm. like there's tons of great stories like that in indie games whereas like read only memories have you played that? oh yeah yeah so tight so tight um it's like snatcher right like with furries (laughs) gotta play it yeah it's super good but there's a ton of great examples but then in the mainstream gaming scene the first thing that springs to mind was uh assassin's uh assassin's creed odyssey i think is what it was Mm. called which like let you play as like a lesbian woman but then like at every turn they undercut that seemingly progressive decision and they like did a bunch of things that pissed off players at one point i think they patched it out but at one point in the game you were sort of like forced to have a child like (laughs) you couldn't not like like have sex with a man and were like you had to have a child even though you were like a lesbian it's very very strange and like they you know they had to keep doubling back and be like oh sorry guys but it's like, wow. once again, I mean, your director is some like middle-aged French dude. Like, like, right. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's just so glaring. Like the disparity between inequality between the stories that are actually like told from a first person perspective and things where it's just like, let's just grab this up, you know? Right. Yeah. Let's no dream daddy. <laughs> yeah but see even even (laughs) okay like even shit like that right where it's like it's like a goofy like indie game that's like a dating like a gay dating sim right yeah but like it comes from the heart and like they made even interesting decisions like i know the theme song is by baths who's Mm. like an electronic musician like a very prominent electronic musician who's queer and so it's like oh like even just that gesture is like oh that's cool you know what i mean it's like you wouldn't see that if if it was a story told by someone who hadn't lived that experience lacy played it and loved it she picked the guy that looked like me (laughs) 
<laughs> there was like a bear in there. Uh, I gotta mention, since we're on this, uh, I recently played Sayonara Wild Hearts, mm-hmm. and oh my god, is it a good game? Is it? And yeah, it, but and it's all about uh, it. Well, it's basically like a music rhythm game, kind of like Res, sure, or or something like that. But uh, sick soundtrack. It's like uh, synth pop. Um, but yeah, it's all about like a, a breakup and falling in love again. And it's got uh, the the main protagonist is a a gay woman, but they don't like make that a thing at all it's just about her like life in a really abstract music rhythm game kind of way yeah i mean and it's just like supernatural and it just fits and it's like oh heartwarming and the last level brings a tear to your eye and it's cute as fuck you know like yeah yeah. exactly because that's the thing is like when you are a minority like I am speaking from experience here this isn't some Mm. this isn't something I'm just making up like you just are what you are like you're a person sure what you are in terms of like being a minority or being different than other people whatever it's just a part of your day-to-day life it's part of your landscape Mm -hmm. so when it's not like when something happens to you you're not instantly like oh this is because I'm Arab you know and so Mm. if I'm writing a story I would include people who look like me or look like my friends or whatever, and it could be in a meaningful way if I felt like I had something to say, but it can also be in a totally not meaningful way. <laughs> like, sure. you can include these minority characters in a way without having to have commentary or without having to have, like, some big thing, you know? I think that's one thing that really bums me out about, like, mainstream video games, that people feel like there needs to be some sort of, like, commentary all that leads to is just bad writing and bad characterization yeah it's tokenization versus inclusion or just acknowledgement of existence you know yeah totally but it's also like once again to go back to devotion it's like why i want to see more games on that scale from creators who are not white people who are not straight people like it's super important and so it sucks when a game like this gets canceled because it's like yeah fuck we don't have a lot <laughs> and i well, and i want not more even it's not even like it's like it, it 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 has universal appeal to everyone it's not gonna like make white people feel left out yeah <laughs> which is i know like uh like that's like one of the f- like subconscious fear of white people which i don't understand mm-hmm. like they're afraid to become the minority yeah well which i don't like understand at all that well first of all it's because it's happening because it's just like whatever (laughs) fuck you guys like whatever but the point is that in my mind it's like a lot of this is exacerbated by the alt-right shit and the gamergate shit which has now just become part of the nerd landscape like, mm-hmm. if you had asked me a few years ago if I thought that this shit would be fully ingrained in video games, I would say, no, it's a fad. But now it totally is. I mean, this year was like the banner fucking year. Like, they got their Star Wars that rolled back all the shit and, like, kicked out the Asian lady character and, like, just fucking went hog wild. They got all their fucking... Uh, you know, whatever that thing they're into, the Viking aesthetic shit. They're getting a fuck ton of that. They got that 
online sword game where you beat each other up they got the fucking guy doing the ama on 8chan it's like honestly things look pretty fucking grim to me Mm. you know yeah and so it's just like it's such a bummer like (laughs) yeah the whole gaming racism subculture is just really fucked up yeah it's even more fucked up because they target kids you know because like you know like the Minecraft creator guy is like a total piece of shit. Yeah. And he's got a Twitter, you know? Yeah. And he's just spouting fucking hateful shit on Twitter constantly. Yeah. He hates like everybody. Yeah. He's not even like targeted. He just is like, are you not like me? I hate you. <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> bananas. And yeah, like fucking PewDiePie still got all these kids watching him and that dude just throws around like the n-word and talks about hitler and like all this shit and it's like yeah man there's a bunch of kids who are getting had, convinced of this shit if he had any conscience he would have fucking shot himself in the face after the whole <laughs> mass shooter shit in new zealand where the guy said subscribe to pewdiepie yeah <laughs> yeah i mean he should have retired at least just take all your fucking money and disappear yeah piece of shit yeah but no i mean it it was it's interesting because like yeah like you're saying like i don't know i i've always played a lot of horror games so i sort of going into this podcast i didn't really think that like making myself play a little bit more than i normally would in terms of Mm -hmm. horror games would really make me think about this shit but yeah you you just sort of get like beaten down with this parade of white people and like we're gonna keep going we're gonna see if there's more (laughs) we got we gotta find the representation in horror gaming well and you know here's the thing is that a lot of it i sort of don't care about because for example when you go back to the playstation era you've got Japanese people who are influenced by old American horror and action movies making games that they thought would be more successful in America. There's so many layers of like perception and performative whatever that it's like these aren't even white people. Like, yeah, it it has a, a Japanese signature on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's a Japanese product through and through. Right. But then you get to like the more recent stuff. And yeah, it's just like, what is this? Yeah. Well, you know, Fatal Frame did cool things in that regard, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. Well, and that's, once again, like, Japanese stuff is, a lot of it is very good about incorporating things that are uniquely Japanese, not just in the, like, stylistic way of, like, oh, Japanese video games are like this from this era, but, like, things from traditional culture, you know, things that incorporate some sort of like lived experience you know i think the most egregious genre with this is sci-fi oh yeah in the future i mean in hundreds or thousands of years when humanity is uh you know like traveling through the um galaxy i mean is it gonna matter if you're like white or brown is it gonna matter like if you're from mexico the united states yeah you know totally everyone's um, gonna look like drake because of interbreeding 
Everyone might look like Drake, or people might have different. But are we going to be like racist against like other planets? <laughs> well, they'll you know? be like the people who have sex with aliens, and then they're the new racist. Things you can be racist at. Like there's like oh, a guy who looks like right. Drake, but he has scales, and everyone's like, "Oh, I hate that guy because he has scales." So it'll be like speciesist. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, dude. This has forever been my problem with sci-fi and fantasy is the race thing, because like. Mm. Man, okay, I remember I read those Ender's Game books when I was really young. I read that when I was in middle school. Yeah, same. And, uh, and I mean, we all know now that that guy's a piece of shit. He's like a right-wing piece of shit. <laughs> um, but it's funny, like, I noticed when I was really young with fantasy, that I was like, huh, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird that there's, like, trolls and they don't hang out with anybody else. And there's, like, elves and they don't hang out with anybody else. And mm-hmm. there's, like humans and it's you know you see what i'm driving at here yeah, yeah, yeah and everybody's white or they're an elf or i mean sorry a, a, an orc or something it's like huh how come the only people <laughs> with dark skin are literal monsters huh that's kind of weird but like mm. the ender's game books uh he has like various series like he writes different series so i think the original series is like four books long and it's in the second or third book that they introduce this idea that there's like planets where everybody is one race and there aren't really aliens like the only aliens are like these inscrutable bad guys that they fight so they go to like a planet that's like supposed to be like Chinese oh my god (laughs) yeah and it's like super bad and I think that was a moment where I was like you know I think this is racist (laughs) (laughs) and then like the more i read sci-fi and and a little bit of fantasy i was like wow there's like a really big race problem in in genre fiction Mm. i will say i was pretty surprised when i watched the uh super mediocre witcher show that uh it it actually has a bunch of like characters of all colors um in just like regular roles and like it's not a big thing so yeah props to them for doing that for fantasy you know yeah that's yeah fantasy yeah. is like usually white af that's what i mean it's like you can have a character who is not white and that mm-hmm. doesn't have to be important to their story <laughs> like right. okay yeah. so like there's a pretty interesting thing like uh mr robot which is a show i like and i've been watching recently like that's created by an egyptian dude and he cast another egyptian dude as the star and that show has a really diverse cast but especially like there's a a lot more arab people that you normally see in shows Mm. and it literally never comes up like nobody has to explain that they're arab nobody has to talk about it nobody has to like question the fact that he's basically like a hacker who's kind of a terrorist like it's not a fucking problem because that's the plot of the show he could be any race like he's just <laughs> arab dude made the show's arab just threw a bunch of arab people in it and it's fucking awesome because when i was growing up the only arabs in movies were terrorists and mm. just faceless terrorists who basically got murdered by the hundreds and it made a lot by of movies chuck norris. yeah by chuck norris or by fucking iron man dude the original iron man is like the most racist movie ever like fuck that movie also wow. like it does the classic thing of like getting like an indo-pakistani dude to play an arab and just making him do an accent and it's like oh 
cool yeah we are all the same i did i did notice that about myself neat god damn it um but it's just like fucking sucks and so it's like so cool to see that that it's like yeah bunch of fucking arabs and it doesn't fucking matter you know but like or even like with like you know indo-pakistani actors like when you see an actor in one role and then you see him in another role actually it's on dude it's on dude mr robot fucking rules this is my co-sign to that mr robot rules but (laughs) there's uh an indo-pakistani actor on that show who i saw in another show where he was doing like uh you know quote-unquote like indian accent and in this show he doesn't have the accent and i was like fuck yes dude yes (laughs) you go girl like you ain't need that fucking shit you know like wow and it but it's like so fucked up and it's so sad that it's like that dude's life is like lived in the shadow of apu hank azaria doing a racist caricature Mm. it's fucked man or it's like yeah like being arab dude who wanted to be an actor in the 80s or 90s like get ready to get shot in the face by chuck norris or god forbid dirty harry or some shit steven seagal jesus christ man Imagine getting karate chopped to death by Steven Seagal. Imagine your only film credits being that. Fuck. Just awful. And you wonder why we're all depressed. Jesus Christ. What a world. (laughs) Wow. But yeah, it's, it's just, I don't know. I think about that a lot. It's a problem in every media, but I think in video games, it's a subject that is really just beginning to be broached and it's a conversation that's been really really cut short and shit on by the whole gamergate thing because like Mm. now whenever somebody espouses this publicly a bunch of fucking people rush into the comments with skyrim uh avatars just talking about how like white genocide (laughs) and how you're a fucking snowflake piece of shit and how you should fucking kill yourself and fuck you Mm. and it's like Mm -hmm. what a world Mm. A bunch of fucking little basement-bound white boys fantasizing that they're Norse gods, bullying people on the internet. Well, you know, it's it's easier to talk people into a regular genocide if you warn them about a white genocide first. Mm. True. You know? Yeah, where's you that get at? Them before they get you. Where's that white genocide at? <laughs> Fuck, man. Can I hide in your attic? <laughs> ain't got that shit no more homie <laughs> damn I guess I'll just hide in this attic yeah good luck <laughs> give me a pizza delivered once every couple days yeah so no. anyway racism Race, there's some there's some shower thoughts on diversity in video games I guess let's be cool to everybody just yeah just don't bully people on the internet listen to your friends that aren't white yeah they probably have something to say about all the things you say as a white guy (laughs) yeah that's accurate you know approach the world with empathy yeah that's number one except for assholes fuck assholes yeah well nobody likes an asshole for sure i mean that's number two obviously yeah yeah you just gotta like you just gotta try and I think, honestly, I think you have to be twice as nice on the internet because nobody knows who you are and nobody knows what you're trying to say because they can't read the subtext of your comment. 
no inflection on the internet. Right. So you're really just a robot spitting out bizarre lines that make no sense. You're like a chat bot. Yeah. You know? So you gotta be twice as nice. Kill them with kindness out there, chatbots. 